Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We haven't done enough, but we're darn close. So I just keep seeing, you know, I keep seeing with my eyes the offense, how good they can be, and the defense, how much they've improved and they're playing together. Uh, you know, we were giving up 30-some points a game the first week or two. Now it's last week it was 17. This week it's 14. You know, so I see the the progress that we're making. It may not show up in the wins and losses yet, but if we stick to the grindstone, it will. And welcome into Purple Daily. Mackie, out today as you can see, Purple Daily, of course, brought to you by our friends at Surly Brewing. The Delicious Furious is my suggestion for you. And also want to thank our friends at TCL. Enjoy more with your TCL television's that's what you should be watching football on each and every Saturday and Sunday. It is Zolgad, executive producer Declan Goff. And again, I believe it's his third week because we're going all season long. Former Viking lineman and uh, a guy who went to a Super Bowl once upon a time with San Francisco 49ers, Alex Boone. Booney, what's up, man? What's up, guys? It's great to be here today. How are you? We are good. Man. good. Um Declan, you don't sound very good. What's I wrong? am ready to rock. He's no, chill. I'm ready to rock. He's Are you young. kidding? He's okay. young. He's chill. Right. I'm, I'm going to spell Dalvin Cook here. I'm Alex Madison. Like, just no. feed me the rock 30 times, and I'll still turn out the same amount of yards, Booney. That's my goal here. That's my goal. I'm, I'm just making sure. I'm All just right. making sure. All right. At Declan's age, old man coolness or uh, excitement, not cool. Not cool. See, that, that's the thing. I'm old. I, I just don't care. I'm very excited by life. I'm, I'm with you, Judd. Every day I wake up. Every day I wake up accomplishment alex yes it's an accomplishment uh let's go back to the top of the show and declan rolled a a clip from mike zimmer and i got a question for you because you played for this man yeah um do you recognize these quotes this i mean he's sort of taken on this whole it's not that bad you know i i remember a zim at one and three who probably would have been melting down publicly this to me um you know, going back and talking about after the game on Sunday, we're a good team. We're, a, you know, we're, we're not successful record-wise, but we're a good team. What's your theory on this? And are you as surprised as I am? Because this is the first time I think we've seen this Zim when things aren't going well. I'm wondering who he's trying to convince, the team or himself or the ownership. And that's, I mean, let's be honest. When you're when you're a hard-nosed coach, when you're not seen as being hard-nosed, people are like, what's wrong? What's going on? You know, And it's like, oh, well, he's changing with the times. He's getting it together. He's trying to be a good coach. Like To me, this is him just trying to reinforce himself as, number one, as the leader probably, but two, as like, hey, listen, guys, we're still good. Like, 
you look at that game and there's not a lot of things that you can take away that are positive other than that first drive. And I mean, even then there are some things that you're like, I mean, that's suspect. And we had talked about this weeks ago. And this goes back to the old point of like, people constantly think I'm trying to rag on people. And it's like, listen, I'm not trying to rag on you. I'm just letting you know what's coming down the pipe. Cause that was my job as an offensive lineman in San Francisco. Like, listen, we have to be very critically honest with ourselves. And if we're not, someone's going to hurt us down the road because we were too blindsided or short-sighted to realize that that was a weakness for us. So we last like what, two weeks ago when we first started, I was like, man, Hey, listen, I know the game looked good, but you better be careful because someone's going to figure you out and someone's going to figure out your weaknesses quickly. And I, we were talking about it. Backside linebackers coming through on gone protection. You have to squeeze those guys because it doesn't look like a threat right now, but all of a sudden someone's going to go, hey, we can get there half a step faster. And guess what? If they don't block us, someone's really going to get hurt. And you saw that this last week. And even running through offensive linemen at times, like there comes a time in a situation where you have to be like, hey, listen, guys, we have to put our best foot forward. This is not our best foot. And to me, Zim's kind of like, hey, listen, we're still a good team. Which, yeah, there's talent all over the roster, but it comes back to the biggest point that nobody ever talks about. It's the chemistry on the team and how guys play together, how the offense plays off the defense. And to me, they just didn't do a good job of that. And it's it's one of these things where when one when one unit starts to fall behind, the other yeah. unit kind of starts to fall behind with them. And you're like, hey, listen, who's really leading this team, the offense or the defense? And at that point, if you are the leader, there are things you need to overcome to become the leader. And so at my point right now is like, Zim, who are you talking to? Are you talking to the offense or are you talking to the defense? Because neither one of them really showed up this week. And if it weren't for Baker being horribly awful at throwing a football, that game would have been so much worse. And to me, it's like people go back to this, well, it could have and should have and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, no, man, you just got lucky that that quarterback doesn't know how to throw a ball accurately or that game would have been 35-7 to easy. Yes. And, and so one thing that Mike said that actually I thought was insulting postgame Sunday, Booney, was this one. I'm not upset, or I'm not discouraged by my run defense at all. Um, help me out there, because because the last time I, I checked, one, he, he is very much, and has always been to his credit, a defensive coach. Two, you've seen teams, including this team, when they're good against the run. And, and when Cleveland goes through the A-gap, if you're going against a team that's good against the run, there's, there's yards there occasionally. But there's right. not three or four at a pop. Sunday, there was three or four at a pop. And so I don't I don't understand how Mike being Mike can try, well, you know, the run d- defense. You guys, his words were you don't, you're so focused on stats, you guys, that you don't get it. It's like, Mike, there's not a lot to, to get here. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, they ran for 184 yards, which four years ago you would have imploded about. This is where I'm very confused and somewhat insulted because we're dumb, but we're not that dumb. Right. And I think that that's another one where coaches will deflect and kind of be like, oh, well, you don't know what the game plan was. Well, dude, I'm not an idiot, but the game plan was clearly to stop their run. Like, plain and simple, if you stop their run and you make Baker try to become this Patrick Mahomes, dude, there's like a 99% chance you're going to win that game because we saw what Baker can do if he has to throw the ball. Like, (laughs) And, and and don't I don't want people to make this assumption that I don't like Baker. I do. I think he's great. I think his moxie's great. I think what he brings to this league is great. I think what he brings to Cleveland is the best. Like he was the perfect fit. Problem is, if you don't take steps in this league, it shows and they're glaring. And it's like, listen, you might be all oh, it's okay. They ran for 185 yards in the game, and but you know we still they played tough and blah blah blah. blah. 
listen, that team didn't have a quarterback. Imagine if they did have a quarterback. You're going to be seeing teams like this down the road that know how to run the ball and throw the ball. And eventually you're going to be like, hey, we're not sure which way we're attacking. So it's like you're kind of deflecting now like it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal, but it is. Because little things become big things. And you just gave up almost 200 yards rushing. And I know when I played, that would have been like, dude, we raked these dudes over the coals. We would have been laughing at them after the game. I probably wouldn't have been shaking a lot of hands because that's when the guys, like, they go in the they go in the locker room before the game's even over. Like, they're just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm good. I, I can't take another double team. I can't take another deuce. These guys are <laughs> laughing at me. I think one of them stuck his finger in my eye. Like, I just don't want any part of that. But that's what you do. And it's like it's this insulting thing that you can do to another team, and you know it pisses them off because you're like, there's nothing you can do to stop our will today. And that, to me, is the most important thing. But more importantly than even that, if you're a player for him, you're got, you got to be confused. Like, wait a minute. Did he just say that this isn't a big deal when I think it's a big deal? I and mean, it would have been a big deal two weeks ago. Like, you start to become this confused team of like, okay, well, I guess he, I guess he's okay with that. Is he okay with that? Are you not okay with that? Like – when, when it comes to being a player, you always want transparency up until the media, and then you want it to be calm. But you don't want it to be too calm where it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, he, what, what, what would have been great? Would like, yeah, clearly that was way too many yards. We need to work on our run defense. But instead, you keep, like, brushing it under, brushing it under. And then all of a sudden, it manifests into this thing where it's like the team's so confused because it's like, well, he seemed cool, but he's not. Like, be a little pissed if you're pissed. Like, and then you never really know if he's messing with you, lying to you, if he's being honest. Like, it's it's this political game that these coaches do with you, and you're like, man, just just be honest. Like, we sucked. I got it. We'll be better. We're gonna work on it. Booney, that offensive line for the Vikings got absolutely whipped on Sunday across the board. And look, Miles Garrett's a freak. The dude's like one of the probably one of the best in the business. Freak. That's not named Aaron Donald. Like, he's an unbelievable player. But everyone on that line got whipped. And in the first three weeks of the season, we had the mission statement on the, of the offensive line is just, just be average. Like, can you be average? Can, instead of being the one of the worst offensive lines in the league for the better part of the last four seasons, can you just be average? And I actually think through the first three weeks, that was the case. They were a nice, average, competent line. But last week, we saw them get absolutely exposed. Ole Udo and Rashad Hill were getting lifted off the ground, Boone. I've never like seen some dude just lift up another offense, an NFL offensive lineman, and smack him to the ground. Is this offensive line trending back towards being incompetent, or can they at least get some type of push and some type of moxie back where, where they were at the beginning of the season? Dude, I, I mean, that's, that's going to be the question, especially for the rest of the year. And I know you've never seen it, but I've seen it happen a couple times. It's just never really been talked about because it was one of those things that was like, man, you just – I mean, in practice, guys got put on their backs all the time. Like, that just happens. But in a game, like, that to me was the most glaring thing was like, dude, I know Miles Garrett's a freak. And I know that if I were going into that game playing Miles Garrett – and I did twice a year with Aaron Donald. You have to have this different mentality of like, Nothing in the world matters to me ever. It just doesn't matter right now. All that matters is this one guy. I just got to stop this one guy for the next three hours. And it's not because anything other than people believe that I can do it. And if I don't do it, this game is going to be lost quickly. And we just saw that. I mean, at what point do you take this defense serious? Like, I know people are like, oh, you know, they had a slow start to the year. And I was one of those people that was like, hey, man, I expected these guys to be coming on like gangbusters. And now they are. But it's like, did you really want to be the guy or the stepping stone for this team to be considered a legit defensive front? Like, is that, is that how you wanted to go into the game? Like, you know, Jadavian Clowney's over there, Malik Jackson, you know, uh, Miles Garrett's over there. Like, yeah, man, that's a pretty competent group right there. In my opinion, like at that point I would be like, Hey, this is a real game. I need to be for real. Like 
the way that they came out and the way that they soft set everything and the way that they were just on different levels the entire game the center's up here right and then all of a sudden you have your guards way 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 down here and then you have your tackle who's over here and then another guard who's like way over here it's like there was no continuity and it showed up in week one and we had talked about it a little bit like hey listen these guys better get their their, their stuff together or they're going to be looking at a long year and the last week they picked it up and then the week after that they picked it up. But now they take four steps back because people are just going to say, Hey, listen, let's just tee off on them. We're going to do simple things. We're going to rush for, we're going to twist in the middle. We're going to twist on the outside. How many ETs got home to Kirk Cousins? ETs. They're not, they don't even run them anymore because they're so like, they take forever to land and then nobody ever sets that different. Like the depth difference in between the guard and the tackle this week was so glaring that these ETs were just getting home every single time. And it wasn't even the looper. It wasn't even the tackle coming around. It was just the end pinching in. And all of a sudden, like, there's nobody there to protect the tackle. And it's like, dude, if you know you don't have help, why are you setting so deep? I mean, like, it's just all these things keep trickling down where you're like, this just falls down on discipline. And if you were just a little bit tougher and you guys hung in there a little bit more, there wouldn't be as many holding calls. There wouldn't be as many hits. There wouldn't be as many sacks. Like this is, these are the things that just don't make a good offense. Is that coaching? Booney? I think it's a little bit of coaching, but I think it's a lot on the players. Like I throw a lot at the coaches and the scheme. Yeah. I mean, Dalvin was clearly not himself. Had he, right. should he have played? No, I don't think so. Correct. I think that, that you, there's a good chance he might've even taken a step back after that because he just didn't look like Dalvin to me. Like it was like, He's running slower or something. He's not running behind his pads enough. And to me, I'm like, listen, you can fake an offense for a long time behind a run game because all you have to do is get a little trickery here and there, get a little misdirection, a little crazy, and people will forever fear you because they're like, if they just pound it between the tackles, there's a good chance they're going to get 100 yards. When you can't do that, you actually make these offensive lines go out and play. And, hey, you actually got to block somebody now because that running back can't make somebody bounce off of him or he can't make that cut like the other guy can. And not only that, your play action is going to go down. So now you got to stand back there in the pocket and expect real pass rushes. And you, we see what happens now. And I'm not just saying this is the Vikings. This is all over the league. I mean, it's sloppy, sloppy ball. Offensive lines look like crap, and it's it's infectious. And it's like people are so getting so used to seeing it that they're like – the minute they see somebody do something good, they're like, wow, that's a great offensive lineman. You're like, Real? what? No, he's mediocre. Like, everybody else should be picking their stuff up. What is going on over here? And the Vikings are one of the main teams. Like, you have one of the best quarterbacks, and people are up and down. I get it. Like, whatever your stupid opinion is, that's fine. Dude is a good quarterback. If you give him just three seconds, he'll make a great play because he has great receivers. He knows his offense. He understands what he's doing. The problem is when he starts getting peppered in the back of his mind, he's like, done. I'm out. I don't want any part of this, and I don't want to get hit anymore. And now all of a sudden, everything in my mind is getting rushed. Rush, 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 because I don't want to get hit. I don't want to get hit. I know what's over there. When you have a quarterback like that, it's on you as an offensive line to keep him calm. Hey, man, it happened. I'm sorry. We're going to fix it. Not like, well, let me get off my back now real slow and make everybody think I'm hurt when really I just got steamrolled. Like, dude, get up. Have some confidence in yourself. Look at Miles Garrett. Maybe spit on him and be like, yo, dude, you want to do it again? Let's do it again. Let's roll it back. Like, when a quarterback sees your offensive line like, oh, God, what are we doing? He's instantly going to be like, "This, it's over. I'm done. I don't want any of this. Interesting. So this might sound nuts, uh, and you might laugh, but – if and when Derisaw can play, does that help? Because Hill strikes me, but like I actually think that what Rashad Hill at left tackle is being asked to do is unfair because he's a backup. And and he can come in when guys are hurt, but I mean, he's been asked to start. So when Derisaw can play 
and, and he's been hurt and he is obviously uh, coming into the league. But what's your opinion of that? I mean, does that fix things at all, or does no. that just sort of put some put some gum on the on the uh, break? I don't even know if it puts gum on the break. I mean, at, at what point are we going to be like, hey, man? Like, I know everyone's like, oh, he's a first rounder, and that's great, and that is great, man. Congratulations. But I'm a player, and I know that the minute you walk in the locker room, there is nothing to you that makes you any more special than the guy that's been taking that job. So that's why I'm like, what have you done? If you go out and you dominate in a game, people can finally be like, look, there's their guy. That's what they've been looking for. They tried with Matt Khalil. It didn't work. They tried with all these other guys. It didn't work. Like, we've just been trying to put all these pieces in. They need someone that's going to be a stalwart to step up and be like, yo, everything runs through me. They got a problem. We got a problem. I got a problem. Like, that's how they need it. Right now, I don't think it's unfair to ask Rashad what he's doing. Number one, you're a pro. You're supposed to be out there fighting as hard as you can. You're just not supposed to be getting put on your back. You got to put up. You got to put up a fighting chance. You're taking those paychecks willingly. Therefore, you should be out there willingly. Like, yo, I got this. I can do this. I've been in this system long enough. I've been with this team long enough, and I know these guys. If you're telling me that a rookie who just had a second groin surgery, who hasn't really practiced, is better than Rashad right now, I'm gonna say if he is, Rashad should be cut. Like, at what point are you like, hey man, this rookie's probably not gonna get out here until later in the year because. Even if you do throw him out there, which, yeah, you should. What if it doesn't go well? <laughs> what if he gets hurt again? What if all of a sudden he's just like, what is going on? Because, yeah, dude, practice is fun, and it's great, and you learn a lot. But you learn even more in a game, and you learn even quicker. Because things nobody's waiting for you. No one's ever going to stop. No one's ever going to be like, oh, you don't want me to just drill you in the side of the hip randomly because you're an offensive lineman? Sure. Like, these are the things that make me concerned because you are young, and all these young other players that are in this league are not doing so well. Like, everyone always predicts, like, oh, they're going to be so great. No, they're not. It's not how this league works. It's built for an old man, not a young kid who's just super hyped up and super fresh and ready to go because there's things you just don't know until you get beat. And when you don't have a lot of practice under you, like a training camp or – early season practices where everyone's still banging really hard. Like right about now is when everyone's like, Hey man, I'm kind of beat up. I need you to slow down a little bit. Okay. Just a tiny, tiny bit. Well, all of a sudden you've lost your competitive advantage. And that's as a tackle, as an offensive lineman, it's the hardest thing like to just get put in, in the middle of the year. It's, it's just tough. Booney, is, is this who Garrett Bradbury is just going to be? It just seems like, you know, the first two years, He's been mostly trending towards not getting that fifth-year option and most likely trending towards being a boss. I know he started every game, and good for him, and he was expected to be a, a decent center being a first-round pick and a four-year guy at NC State, but it, it just seems like the dude gets manhandled week in and week out, and, and it just doesn't seem like he's the perfect guy. Even when you do the run-blocking scheme and you can overcompensate and make up for deficiencies, it just seems like he's just getting whipped every single game, and I, I have no idea what they're going to do with him long-term. I mean, and that's going to be the biggest problem is when you have a, when your center is the one guy getting pushed back in the pocket. Like when people talk about this, and it's always so hard to explain, but when you're getting pushed from up front, there's like it just feels like there's nowhere to go. You always feel like you're encapsulated in something when really you could run out to either side, but then you're looking at the defensive end who are just running upfield, and they're like, "I'm gonna run right into this." So it's tough, but it falls and. and you know, I know that they had one of the greatest strength coaches in Marco Uyama. I'm not sure if he's still there, but I mean, I was surprised every year he kept coming back the same size. Like, man, I'm surprised Uy's not putting more weight on this kid. I'm surprised that they're not trying to push him to gain more weight. I mean, you have to be strong enough to sit on a bull from Aaron Donald, but you still have to be fast enough to chase down Levante David. Like, these are the things that you, those are your parameters. Like, that's what you have to work with. 
And so for, I think that these players at times, they get so drawn into what the coaches want. Oh, I want this thin, lean offensive lineman looking good. Like, dude, who cares what he looks like? Does he get the job done? Some of the greatest guards had some of the worst bodies, but they were phenomenal. And they just didn't care. And now I think it's this pedigree of like, I need to look good and play good. No, you need to just play good, dude. You cannot be getting pushed back into your quarterback's face constantly. Like, this is not a recipe for success for Kirk Cousins or anybody else in this league. How much do you think it bothered Zim to watch that game and probably more so go back and watch the tape and to see Cleveland playing the blueprint of what he wants? Now, now Baker was terrible, but that Cleveland defense is stout. It's damn good. Yeah. They ran the ball like they did everything that Zim teams are, are supposed to do for Zim's ex-assistant. How, how much do you think that galled him to say to see Cleveland play the Vikings game and do it far better than the Vikings have in probably four years, three, four years? They, ba- they basically stole the game plan and played it better. I mean, it, they did. As, as a coach, it would piss me off. I mean, there are things that you look at this like imagine if you would have taken just Kirk Cousins and put him on that Browns team. Like imagine how many yards they would have put up. I mean, that's that's the recipe. That's what you want to do. And it's like but that too shows you how every team is so different. It's not the same thing on every team. Like the Browns, everyone's like, man, these guys look good. Their defense at times, whoa. But now it's like, man, they have even bigger problems with their quarterback. And then you look at the Vikings and you're like, they have a great run game. They need to get Delvin healthy and they don't need to trot him out there for five plays. I mean, that's just dumb. Like save him. You got to fix him because he's the key to your whole offense. Nothing's going to open up without him. And then on top of that, you're right. Defensively, like you give up all those yards and it's demoralizing for an offense to watch because you're sitting there on the bench and third and two, they convert it by one yard. And so now it's going to be extended drive. And all of a sudden they convert the next third and two for an hour. And you're like, I'm just going to sit here all day. I'm starting to get cold. I'm starting to get pissed. I'm thinking about the last series. Why did we convert? How come you didn't catch that ball? Somebody's got to make a better effort. Like these are the things that are going on on the sideline and it's just pissing you off. So for them to be able to come out and run their game plan against them and do it successfully, I mean, that is a huge shot to the face. How tough is it to, especially as a player, when you have that last drive? And I mean, technically, Booney, that last drive for the Vikings should have had a good chance. Like they got to, I think, the thir- 32, which, by the way, they called a Hail Mary. Like, they kept saying, and we cr- tried to get, that's not a Hail Mary. That's from the 50, the 45. But how frustrating is it? Because it just seems like this team, especially with Mike and Kirk, in that last drive, so rarely ha- has had that, I don't know, that whole far mystique, right? Of We're getting the ball. We're going down. We score last. Bleep them. Um, I've seen it against the Titans last year. We saw it on Sunday. It just, it feels like no matter how much they potentially move, it's hopeless, which is ridiculous because in this league, it shouldn't be like, if you have the ball last, you should have a great chance given enough time to either tie the score, which the Vikings could have done or just win the damn game. Right. And especially with someone like Kirk Cousins, you'd think he'd be as clutch as like, just because when you speed up the offense, it helps get the ball out of the quarterback's hands faster. And Kirk, when he gets the ball out fast, He's one of the best. Like, I mean, the guy is accurate. He can do things right. The problem becomes, like like you said, we're looking at it as, like, I don't feel good about this. Why do I not feel good about this? I think right. it's because you're, you've watched the whole game up until that, and you're like, well, someone's either going to hit him in the backfield or it's going to get tipped and go somewhere else. I mean, it's just – it's this – constant like I don't feel confident that we're going to be able to drive down in a two-minute situation to win the game ever 
just because of what? Well, number one, Dalvin's not on the field. Two, the offensive line's breaking down. I mean, you talk about the way that they ended that game, and not only that, but, like, the, the defense gets the ball back for you. Like, everybody's, like, churning, trying to work for the offense. That, to me, is, like, the defense is trying so hard to play complimentary football. Like, dude, we will get you the ball back with a minute 37 left. Don't worry. Like, there was no question in my mind they were going to get him the ball back. That's what's even crazier is, like, they get the ball, and I'm like, well, they're definitely going to have another chance. So I'm not too worried. But then they trot out there, and you're right. You're like, I just don't feel good about this. I just right. don't know. I don't know why I don't feel like they're going to be able to do this when technically they have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. They should be great. Where's KJ Osborne? He's the guy that shows up all the time when you need him. Like he's the most clutch dude on the team right now. But then all of a sudden you see Kirk running around, or he's all of a sudden he's rushing these checkdowns, or he's rushing these passes, and you're like, dude, slow down. Yes. You forgot the first 59 minutes of the game. This guy's getting peppered every which way. So now he knows, hey, I need to rush. I need to get the ball out quickly. And now I got to move even quicker. Like this just complements the worst football ever because the quarterback rushing everything will get you absolutely nowhere. What is the check down to Conklin too? Like why the hell are you checking the ball down? And they, they claimed we were trying to get closer for again, I'll say it a Hail Mary from the 32, which is not like that's a play. But yeah. why why would you and they have a tendency, like it's in the playbook or it's in Kirk's mind, to check the ball down on that drive. And I have no bleeping idea why you do that. Dude, it's so funny because I actually in my notes I wrote check down to Conklin. What? <laughs> I, I, I hate okay, when good. they do that. I hate that. I hate when they throw those tiny routes and they expect something to happen. Dude, you see that defender draped all over him. He's not going anywhere, and you just threw it two yards. But a lot of times, and you'll hear this in the meetings, what do they say? You never go broke taking a profit. Like, if we can push the ball somewhere, if we can get the ball going somewhere, completion after completion will eventually start to be a rhythm. And as we catch more balls, it, the confidence goes up. So, like, it's kind of like that double-edged sword. Yeah, you're only throwing it you know, so many yards and it's, you're like, why would you even throw that? But at the same time, the OC sees it as, Hey, listen, it's a little, it's a little play. It's another little blip. It's another catch. It's another rhythm. We're all of a sudden we're rolling. And that's why they always try to start the drive out with like a draw or something that's simple. Like, Hey, we're going to try and get a couple yards, move the chains a tiny bit, and then we're going to get going. And it's, it's this whole philosophy of like the rhythm. I'm with you though. I hate it. I can't stand that. The clock is going though. That's what frustrates me. And plus, and plus you had at, at that point in time, Two shots, two shots, and what kills me is is the pass to Thielen, which which he was grabbed, but it's the last play of the game, and that's almost never called. If you take two shots, I think you've got a better shot on on shot one of getting the pi, yeah, than, than shot two. So it's I agree. Like, and, and Kirk Cousins, it's, you're at the thirty-two. Kirk Cousins can make that that throw. I, not to draw a comparison. But we all saw Brett Favre make a very similar throw to Greg Lewis, who was a nobody in 2009 for that touchdown. And that's like the same type of thing as Kirk, when you're paid like this and, and offensively, you know, those plays have to exist. You can't be all oh, here. There's Conklin. I think I'll just dump it off to him and set up one final one. And then, and then complain about, well, we didn't get a PI. Well, yeah. come on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that league, they're throwing a ton of PI flags. And that, to me, goes back into this offensive scheme of, like, listen, at some point you have to just throw the ball up and expect that someone's either going to grab Thielen or Jefferson or they're going to make something stupid. I mean, dude, there's holding and PI on every single defensive play. Now, at some point we're we're looking more for flags than why is that guy so wide open? Well, oh, my God, there it is. There it is. I mean, it's just – 
you talk about all these things and you're like, man, what, why wait? Why are we checking it down? You forget the psyche of a quarterback too. Like if he feels pressure, he just is thinking, get the ball out. And at times I think it's hard for them to decipher from like, and I know they might say they can, but two minute and the rest of the game, I think in their mind, they're always the same. Listen, just get the ball out of my hands. Where's my completion? Where can I get it out? I don't want to throw it away. I don't want to do, you know, these are all things that are right. It's like the quarterback that takes a sack in the last play of the game. You're like, dude, why would you do that? Oh, it's for God. It's the last play. Like, you're just like, right. you're an idiot. But when it comes to all these things <laughs> of like, you know, running these routes and, and, and it, like I said, it drives me nuts too because I'm thinking offensively. Like, you, number one, it's not a Hail Mary. That's like a simple post route for Kirk Cousins. Like, why are we not trying to end? Correct. An, another thing comes down to, too, like as an OC, you get handcuffed with your O line. Hey, there could be a post there or it could be a massive sack. Like, what can we do? We have to be a little bit quarterback friendly, a little O line friendly. We saw that a little bit early with Chicago where they're throwing all these five yard out routes. It's like, oh, well, we're blocking Aaron Donald. This is all we're doing today. We, you know the drill. But now it's like, hey, man, you got to get more creative. you got to get more deceptive because you do have a team that should not be one and three, and you should have taken the ball down to win the game at the end of the game. Ooh, and two, it also feels like the, the first quarter, of the, and the stats back, the, back this up, the first quarter the Vikings have been great. Their first few drives to start games have been awesome, and then in the second half, it just seems like they get incredibly predictable. I believe just two touchdowns for the Vikings offense in the second half of football games through four games, which is pretty unacceptable. Like, is it... On the defensive side, is it just getting insanely easy for the Vikings to become more predictable and like that run isn't established and the play action isn't going? Like, what can Clint Kubiak do to basically get the offense to be, like you said, more creative and less predictable so in the second half it can transition to more touchdowns? I think you're seeing a lot of creativity with a lot of these offenses. I think, and you know, one of them would be Nick Sirianni's and the way that he runs his offense is so different. And him and Giro have kind of taken it to this other level of like, the offensive line is going to do so much more than they were. But I think a lot of it's this pre-snap. Like you're looking at so many things pre-snap that you're wondering what's my biggest threat. Like there's so many people always going in motion and nothing's ever staying the same. And when you talk about being predictable, like before, before Greg Roman really implemented all these shifts and motions and cool things, everybody would like, you know, you do a little fly motion or whatever, but now it's like they're going from a shift and pistol to gun back to center. Like at some point the defense has to be like, okay, I don't even know where he's going to land, but let's all just stay in our zone. Like there's so many things going through their mind. They can only run these plays out of pistol. They can only run these plays out of gun. They can only run these plays out of center. Well, if you start messing with which one they're in, all of a sudden defenses have these problems. And I don't think that people do that enough. And especially Kubiak, like you have so much eye candy on your offense. You should be moving people everywhere, bringing people back in, taking them back out, make a defense wonder what's going on. You see like this gone protection's gone up huge this year. And people are saying it's because they can sh- it shows the defense's blitz no matter what because there's no running backs in the backfield. So if you're if you're basically faking the blitz, there's a good chance you're going to come. But even if not, it lets me know where my hot is. And two, somebody's going to have to sight adjust something. Somebody's going to have to run back to a receiver. So if we can make eyes, well, I see the guys covering you's up. Well, hey, guess what? Let's just do a quick little pitch and catch, right? Like all these things are becoming more talked about, more important, and it's like. All these things that we knew why we run them, now you guys are finding out why we run them. And it's like, these OCs know what they should be doing. Why you're not doing it, I don't know. You should be making people, like, salivate before a play. Like, I just <laughs> just snap the ball. Good. Give it to Delvin. He can run me over, and we'll try this all over again. This awesome talk brought to you by our friends at Surly, and in particular, for those of you watching, the Surly Furious IPA, which is my favorite 
send me your picture of you watching Vikings football, either at the game or at home with your Surly. And if it's a Furious, all the better. Crack open a Surly Furious. Enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Get Surly like we are today. All right. So tell me this. If you are in Zimmer's shoes, Alex Boone, right now, and I ask you as a member of the media for a state of the one in three Vikings, what would you tell me? I would say that there's things we need to clean up, but we're fine. I mean, you're always fine, and you are. You just need to go back to the drawing board, and you need to make things – you need to just tweak a few things. You need to help your offensive line more. You need to protect them more. Hey, listen, at times we're going to have to run these concepts that are quick routes. I mean, everyone's trying it. It's just defenses are sniffing it out. And to me, a lot of it is, too, the players got to step up. Like, you're just going to have to – when you're asked to block somebody, you got to do it. Like, there's no, like, hey, there's going to be a little pressure. And we all know, like, off seasons drive me nuts because, like, you see these teams and they have all these issues and they're like, we're going to fix it. And then you don't see them fix it. And they're like, we're still going to fix it. And you're like, well, when? At some point, you have to fix it early because you have to gel with guys. You talked about bringing Christian Derrishaw on. Throwing one guy into the mix doesn't really always fix the problem. Sometimes it can make the problem even worse because, hey, we were playing together before. Now you've just inserted a guy, and we're supposed to like him and supposed to trust him, and maybe we don't. And in the back of my mind, I certainly wouldn't because he's a rookie. But then all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know what? Defensively, we have a good core group of guys. Anthony Barr is hopefully coming back soon. We can get back on track. Need to see more of the defense, like, I just want to see these guys get after people more. You know, Ev's back. All of a sudden, you got Daniil's playing. Like, they need to step it up because the truth is, without Dalvin, they are the whole life force of this team. It turns back into a, hey, we'll win games, you know, 13 to 7. We'll win games 21 to 14. Like, that's fine. We'll just, we'll rely on our defense to not give up 21 points. And offensively, we're going to figure out how we make these guys more important. Like, dude, KJ Osborne, this guy's making catches on the sideline. Just throw him the damn ball. (laughs) Hey, bro, snap it, take it, throw it. Okay. That's all you got to do. After that, everybody else just go block somebody, go hit somebody. Like, sometimes football's that easy. More of that. If the guy wants to go up and make contested catches and make him look easy, then he's clearly asking for more of them. Give up to him. Booney, they, they got the Lions this week, and the Lions and Man Campbell, your guy, your guy, Dan Campbell, there in, in, in Detroit, should be, should be the most ideal team to get back on track. In football, trap games and assumptions are one of our things that happen all the time. If the Vikings don't figure out a way to beat the Detroit Lions, is it like all panic meter at, at, at Egan then? Like, is it, are we just sounding all the alarms? Because then you're going into the bye week in essentially a must-win game-winning situation for Mike Zimmer and his career. So here's my question. Is the game here or is it in Detroit? It's, it's here. The Lions oh, game here. This place demoralizes people. I mean, you saw what it did to Baker. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's an average yes. quarterback, but you get put into a hostile situation with these fans, and it it will amplify your mistakes and you your downfall. I mean, it was like he just didn't seem like himself because of the crowd, and I was like, "Wow, this is yep. this is interesting to see." Because then it's dude, it's a huge test for him. Like he just showed the whole world, like maybe I'm not ready for the big show. But I think that when you're, you know. When you talk about the Lions, they're coming up here. It's a conference game. You know if you're not excited for a conference game, like you just don't belong here. But not only that, but Zimmer. I mean, I know he's going to go out there, and I know what he's saying right now, and I'm sure there's chairs that were thrown. And it's like, listen, you're right. We got two weeks left, guys. If we don't figure this out in two weeks, this will be done. This place Mm -hmm. gets blown up. 
Because if it doesn't, everybody there at some point is like, what are we doing? We're riding the same message over and over. And even the players at times, we see it. We're like, okay, this place is going to explode. We're either going to figure this out this week. Because playing the Panthers, I know people are like, you know, they, they don't belong to be 3 now, but they were. And they, and they, yeah, they got, you know, they played tough this last week. I think they're a tough team. And I wouldn't want to go into that game one and four going, hey, we need to get a win out of this. Because that's their chance to be like, hey, we have one of the better defenses. We need to crush these dudes. Like, we need to come out and smoke them. That should be your mindset these next two weeks. Whatever it takes, however long, we're going to do it. We got to get this figured out. We're going to get the offense looking more gelled. We're going to get them looking more scarier pre-snap. And you know what? We're going to air it out even more because we need to make the back end fierce. Too many times in this Browns game, you got safeties running through the backfield. Like That only happens when you're not really creating many threats downfield. Hey, we could risk a safety running into blitz. Like you don't see that a lot because nobody wants to risk a safety being lost unless you know what's going on. Like there were screens and they always kept blitzing the backside of the screen. It's like they know your formations. They know when you're going to screen it. They know that if they bring pressure backside. You can't block it because all your guys are running outside to block out there. So it's yep. it's like everything you do, you have to go back and look at it and be like, how can this be better? What can we do better? Locker room question. Anthony Barr uh, got hurt early in training camp, knee problem, okay? He was not placed on IR, which is now just three weeks, because clearly the Vikings thought he'll be back in week two or week three. He has been listed the last two weeks as questionable, and I was told there were a lot of people who thought that he would be able to play against the Browns. What do you think the feeling is when the season is falling apart quickly? Uh, And now, oh, and Zim came out on Monday on Monday and said, I expect him to play, which by the way, Zim ordinarily won't tell you it's Monday on Monday in our job. Okay. Uh, So that was clearly, clearly a message to one guy bar. But what do you think the feeling is in the locker room about a guy who it's pretty obvious is saying, I can't go. And, and if you put the pieces of the puzzle together, he's on now because he restructured the last year of his contract. So he doesn't probably want to get hurt worse. My point being is, does that eventually get you a sideways look from your teammates? I think that there are things that I've known that have happened that have given people a lot more than a sideways look. But I think that the hard part is when you talk to somebody about a situation like that, it is a business. So how am I to be like, hey, man, listen, you got to play through this. Like there are times when coaches will come to you and be like, you need to say something to so-and-so. And And you're like, all right, yeah, you know, I'll say something. I don't know what he's going to say back, but, you know. Because, I mean, you don't know what's going through someone's mind. And you got to remember, these guys, and I love Anthony Barr to death. I think he's one of the greatest guys in the world, and he was one of my best teammates. And I don't, I would never say that Anthony is doing this for any other reason than the fact that he's hurt because he was always tough with me. But when it comes to these things, it's hard to put yourself in that situation because what if I was hurt, but everyone was saying I wasn't hurt, and then all of a sudden my team starts looking at me some type of way. So you have to know when you're someone's saying something, you have to take it for a grain of salt. A lot of times... People would be like, yo, Booney, how you feel? Great. Is that true? No, it's not true. But that's just the role we all step into, right? And eventually people are going to be like, hey, man, listen, you're either going to come on this ship with us and sink with us or you're going to go out there. Now, do I think he's hurt? Yeah. Anthony was always a tough kid with me, so I never had a problem with him. But there were times where guys would, you know, we had a guy openly one time be like, you know, I'm just going to fake this concussion until I can. And it was like, dude we kind of need you. Like we could really use you right now. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, was that here I or San Francisco? 
I you know I can't tell you where it was, but it was it, it was one of those things where you're like, you know, wow, you because you can't say something to somebody, you don't know what's going through their mind, you don't know what's how they're wired, and you and also it's who am I to say how tough you should be over something? You know, there are guys that sprain their ankle that miss weeks. There's other guys that I knew that played with torn triceps that were like, yo, this is just the name of the game, and I was like, you know what, everyone's pain tolerance is different. I, mm-hmm. It's I think at times coaches and even the trainers they put a lot of pressure on people to throw out there he should be out there we're not sure why he's not playing he should be back when it's like dude i don't remember anyone asking you to go out there and do what you're asking him to do so enough if he says he's not ready he's not ready that's just the bottom line and as a player you have to trust that your players are telling you the truth and they're not out here like i'm just gonna ride this concussion out for a while right urban meyer um how do you if, if you're the Jags, and I believe that they signed him to a five-year contract, but how do you go about handling this when, when you've got a college coach who clearly doesn't get and didn't get the pro game, and furthermore is is treating his players like they're still college kids? And my observation is National Football League players are about as far away from college kids as you could possibly get. That's like playing Alabama every week, guys. It's insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Dude. No, I was in, I was insulted for everybody in the league. Like, dude, did you just call us Alabama? Like, we're the dads of the kids at Alabama. Are you crazy? <laughs> Ever talk to us like that? I mean, from the jump, I hated this. And you know who I'm blaming? I'm blaming Trent Baalke right away. Number one, the fact that he's a GM is almost astonishing to me. But number two, the fact that you thought that bringing in a college coach who for years we have all been like, don't bring in college coaches. Why? Because it's different. I'm a grown man. I got four kids. You don't get to tell me when I go to bed, bro. Like, that's not how this life works. And meantime, if I found out that you didn't fly back with us on the plane and you were out trying to hit on some nookie and get drunk, bro, I would throw a beer at your face the minute I saw you. I would be like, how disrespectful could you be to one team? Like, you ask all these players to do all these things, and you ask them to be these guys, and sometimes it's hard for these guys, and I know why it's hard, because mentally you're constantly throwing things at them, and they're constantly trying to beef you up, and they're constantly trying to teach you to be a dog and an animal, and you've got to go out there and do these things. And then all of a sudden, you're the one guy telling you not to do all these things gets caught doing all these things, and you're like, wait, what? I'm not allowed to do it, but you're allowed to do it? I don't understand this. Like, You don't see coaches getting in trouble ever anymore how politically incorrect is that for someone to get up on their soapbox and be like we need to be great men and great people that's great who is this guy hitting on me wait what are you crazy dude not only is your team suck it's your fault that they suck but two you're out getting hammered at columbus wearing an ohio state quarter zip dude you're a loser that's exactly what you do dude i can't even express to you how annoyed i am right now because i never ever would have seen any of my coaches zim harbaugh ba p carroll never would have been caught dead at a bar like oh let me get hammered like dude no 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 like we talk about players that sometimes make this shield look tough you just made that shield look really bad for everybody especially your own team like he's like oh you know i apologize and another thing like when you apologize look at the camera how many times is he gonna be like you know i'm I'm so sorry like just because you're the big dog over there doesn't mean you're too cool to look at us and be like hey man listen i really messed up i apologize it'll never happen again like i'm not even i'm not even cool with this apology god booney uh before we wrap i gotta know what happened in fifth grade football this week what happened in johnny's football what, what was going on i need an update all right boys I need an update. check this out check this out so it's fourth grade fourth, fourth grade. grade thank you, fourth thank grade. you. so 
We won last week, barely. We had six fumbles because these kids thought that they were going to, like, you know, be – Oh, dude, it was – we had six – now, we jumped on every one of them, but apparently they gave every one of them to the other team, which at some point I was like, you know what, if you're going to keep fumbling, yeah, we might as well just give it to them. But we ended up winning, and then they told us that there's not going to be a long playoff bracket this year, so it's going to be the one team versus the two team. It should be us versus another team for the first place. That's it, boys. I'm nervous. So so when? When's the when's the game? October twelfth or October sixteenth? Are you guys gonna come? Are we gonna live stream the game? You want to see some real plays? You want to see some real OC plays? You should see what. Yeah, I'd like to see what you're doing now. Now I will say this: four fumbles. Is is that what you said? Six. We had like six Six fumbles. That's not acceptable. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you something. That's These kids acceptable. after the game, their parents were like, "We don't even want to hear what's going to be said." I was like, "No, you don't. No, Just you don't. go to the car. Go to the car, mom. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be ugly." I hope they ran. Oh, we make them run everywhere. They. It's so funny because the minute the ball hit the ground, in the game, a couple of them looked at me like, "Where we run to?" It's in the middle of the game. I was like, "Do you want me to call a timeout? I'll make you run to the shed and back." Like, no, please don't. There is there is nothing more important in their life right now than that football and securing it. You have no idea the things that we've been preaching. But you know what? I I get it. Every now and then you have a bad game. And these kids, I just knew from jump they weren't ready. But, you know, they got a, we got a game tonight at 8 o'clock down in Chaska. Okay. Hopefully I don't get in trouble again. But this will be our last game, and then we'll be uh, playoff bound. Okay. And, and okay. that playoff game is going to be where? Hopefully at the stadium under the lights or something. Yeah, I might absolutely. come. Yeah. I might you, come. Get, you should get see some, these. Get some Twitter or, or TikTok. Perhaps footage TikTok huh? big. Yeah, TikTok. Like I'm, TikTok. Sure, I'm sure Boone is great on TikTok. Oh, That's... Boone would be fantastic on TikTok. It'd be hilariously funny. I would get kicked off TikTok faster than anyone. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. that. No, I believe I'm that. not sure no, about that. that. All right, Booney, we'll talk to you next week. Purple Daily. Thanks again to Surly. He's Declan. I'm Judd. He's Alex Boone.